Welcome back to the Northern Electric Vehicle Experience. I am your host, Ron Fisher. It's been a little while. I took a, a week off trying to gather my thoughts after my first set of uh, episodes. Um, just to recap, the first set of episodes were more of um, a primer on on electric vehicles for people who are new to the electric vehicle world. At this point, though, we're going to start talking about EVs and EV issues and that kind of thing. It's not going to be a politically focused show. Uh, it's mostly just going to be talking about things. I can't say as we'll never touch anything uh, political, but it won't be partisanal. Partisanal? Is that a word? I'm not sure. But um, my point is I'm not going to be pro this or pro that uh, politically, but I am going to bring up some political issues as it relates to the functionality of, of EVs and the, and the usage of EVs. You know, for example, um, here in Barrie, Ontario, where I live, um, there was an issue with um, uh, electric vehicle chargers. It's a political issue, but not a political party issue. Um, Tesla put in several charging stations in, in Barrie at their expense um, that, let's see, they put in, let's say, six Tesla destination chargers, and then they throw in a few Clipper Creeks for everybody else, which is, it's really nice that, that Tesla does that. I'm sure that that was to make it more palatable for municipalities to not just be taking Tesla um, or promoting Tesla, that it's available for more. Um, that's been, Tesla's done that all over the place, but it, it is really good what they've done here in Barrie and, uh, and around. The problem is, uh, the government, and I don't know whether it was this, the politicians or, or the bureaucrats, but somebody decided to put a sign up with the chargers that says uh, all vehicles can park at the charging stations, which means you're going to have electric vehicles iced out constantly. And that's the way it's been the last couple of years since it came in. Now, recently in the province of Ontario, the, the provincial government passed a law that made it illegal to park at charging stations, and um, that is now coming out. So uh, we're just waiting for some, uh, I think, legal language uh, for the signs uh, that, uh, you know, there's lots of, hey, don't park at the, char the charging station signs, but um, there's, in the province of Ontario, I don't know how other jurisdictions do it, but... Uh, there is specific language that is required and uh, to go on signs that have implications of fines. Um, so they're waiting for that language to come down and the signs will be changed. So just in time for the summer, which will be wonderful. If you're a, a municipal counselor or a government worker, I, I need to stress how important it is that these things are kept free. Um, an electric car requires those chargers for a lot of reasons. Um, you can make people pay for them. They're not going to mind. Um, they much rather have them available to them. They don't need it to be free. What they need is the ability to charge. And if you look at Barrie, we're about an hour outside the city. 
if I was driving a Nissan Leaf, and that's still the best-selling electric car ever, um, soon to be overtaken, but it's still the best-selling electric car ever, it was an original Leaf. I could get to Barrie, but I wouldn't be able to get home. Those destination chargers um, would allow me to come to Barrie, um, spend my money in Barrie, enjoy the waterfront, the restaurants, and all that, and then go home. But if I got here and found my charger that should be available because the app says is not in use, uh, with a, you know, all parked up full with uh, internal combustion engine cars, you know, that's panic inducing. Um, some of the arguments I've heard for the other side is that, you know, those, those charging uh, spots, um, could sit empty when, um, you know, ice cars could park there, right? So it's unfortunate for the ice cars. Well, yes and no, because the truth is, if leaving a few spots open is not the end of the world. Uh, but if, if an electric car parks in that spot, then it doesn't park somewhere else. So what you had happen was you'd have these electric car spots filled up with, with ice vehicles, and in the next line over, you'd have an electric car parked. And, you know, three more lines over, two electric cars parked, and so on and so forth. So you're really just trading where vehicles park. Now, to be fair, the etiquette of, of electric vehicles is if you don't need to be charged, charging, you don't charge there. So um, you could see them actually sitting empty, but that is what is needed for the people to be able to park or to be able to charge. Um, the other side of it, which um, it's a, in North America, I'm not sure how it is in other parts of the world, but when EVs started to come in, um, the Prevailing wisdom was to treat EV parking spots like uh, wheelchair accessible spots. Uh, put them right up close to the door and don't charge for the for the plug. And you know everything is is you know trying to encourage people to buy an electric car. You get the premium spot. Blah blah blah. The truth is that just pisses people off. Um, EV drivers, unless they're they're, they need wheelchair accessibility. They can walk as good as anybody else. <laughs> they don't need to. What they need is a place to park and charge. We would be very happy to have you, if you're a property owner or the city or whatever, put the charging stations in the least desirable spots. Like if 90% of the year these 20 spots are never used or almost never used. That's where you stick the chargers because the EV guy who needs to charge will go park in that spot because they'll charge and nobody else is going to get ticked off because the chargers are being utilized or sitting empty uh, and it's a premium spot. So you got to use common sense and use it as a, as a, a lead to, to draw people away from the premium spots and into where you, where you have vacant 
asphalt sitting anyways, right? Um, that is my thoughts on electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Um, another minor thought, not minor, it's actually pretty important, um, is I know I just said stick it in the out-of-the-way spot, but don't stick it in an unsafe spot. Um, I don't know what where your city is or whatever, but... If you have safety concerns, especially at night, um, for charge for a certain area, don't make that the spot you stuck your 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 car charger. Okay, because car charging is often done at night. Um, people who live in nearby condos and stuff will will often use municipal lots and public charging overnight to charge. So if they can't safely park their vehicle there and feel safe about walking from that spot to their building or whatever, or just sitting there or just plugging in their car and then going to a restaurant for a few hours, um, if people don't feel safe, they're not going to use it uh, unless they really have to. And if they have to use it and feel unsafe, that's really not great. So make sure it's well lit. Uh, make sure it's not in an unsafe area. Now, this episode, what are we going to talk about? So, electric cars. Where am I going to go from here? I thought with this episode I would... Uh, I wasn't expecting to go on that tangent about uh, government uh, parking in Barrie. But it's a useful little bit of, a little bit of a segment there. Um, I thought I would cover off kind of what the electric car landscape is like right now. Um, perhaps in the next episode, I might do a little bit of electric car history. And then in future episodes, I'll sort of pick something in particular to talk about that day. Probably the latest development in electric cars, some new electric vehicle that is interesting and desirable for one reason or another. But this is going to be a bit of a recap. For those who are into electric cars and those who are not, um, in the electric car world right now, the uh, as I alluded to, the best-selling electric car to date was the Nissan Leaf. Um, that is by model, right? Um, if you look at Tesla, they're going to probably pretty soon overtake um, Nissan, but uh, they are, because they're, they're selling a lot of those Model 3s, but Nissan sell, still sells a lot of Leafs in the world. Um, so, the Nissan Leaf is a good little electric car. It was sold uh, very early on. It has an excellent price point. It, it makes its owners very happy. There, People love driving those around. The urge, original Leafs, most of them are still going today unless they got creamed in an accident or something. Um, the head of the local EV society here in... in uh, Barry Aurelia drives a Leaf, and ha and he has one of the original ones. It only goes about 120 some odd kilometers, um, and he loves it. He drives it all over the place. It's a great little car. Um, let's see what else do we got going on here? Uh, the, the that's the Leaf. The there's of course the 
Tesla who revolutionized electric cars. Uh, Nissan brought electric cars along and made them a mainstream, mass market, uh, readily available electric vehicle that actually is functional. The modern Leafs uh, will do the, you know, high threes, low 400 kilometer range kind of thing. Uh, and they're a great car and they're a very useful car. Tesla, what they did in my mind is they made, at first anyways, they made an excellent electric car and they made it sexy. They said, hey, electric cars don't have to be putt-putts. They're not glorified golf carts. They are they can be sexy and fun to drive. And with a little panache, with things like ludicrous mode and and some some very uh, nice styling, um, they've done an excellent job of making EVs de desirable. And hats off to Tesla. Now, I'll piss off the, the Tesla fanboys here. I do not think that... Tesla should be the be-all and end-all to electric vehicles. You talk to a lot of Tesla fanboys, and they think all other car companies should just die, and Tesla should take over the entire car market because uh, nobody else can compete. Eh, I don't think that's fair. Um, I don't. Tesla's technology is stellar. I mean, in a lot of ways, they're way ahead of everybody else. Does that mean that the other car companies should give up? No. D does that mean it's desirable for the other car companies to give up? Absolutely not. Um, you should never rely on a single car company to develop technology because when you have many car companies competing to create better and better electric vehicles, that is better and better for everyone. Now, for a long time, they may play catch-up to Tesla, but that does not mean they're never going to catch up, or it doesn't mean that they're not going to create vehicles that are actually better than Tesla's vehicles, um, or which is in the real world of, of ICE cars today. This car, this brand is better at this kind of vehicle, and this brand is better at that kind of vehicle. Uh, a lot of people say, Hands down, Jeep is the best 4x4 brand, right? Some people will say Ford makes the best pickup trucks, and other people will say Maserati makes the best sports cars. It's personal taste and personal preference and personal desires and personal needs. We need lots of car companies making lots of electric cars in lots of different shapes and sizes and styles and performances. This guy may need a putt-putt. That guy needs a Porsche Taycan, right? Um, the world's a big place with lots of different people in it, lots of different players. I don't think it's wise or desirable for any single car company to dominate the entire thing. And actually, I remember Elon Musk in the early days of Tesla saying he doesn't even desire that. What he wants is to spur the the traditional manufacturers force them to bring on electric cars and, and convert their product lines into electric. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Tesla has right now four um, electric vehicles. There's the original Roadster. 
there is the Tesla Model S, the Tesla Model X, and the Model 3. Uh, they are currently working on a new Roadster. They're working on the Cybertruck, which is their funky-looking pickup truck thing. And then the Tesla Semi, which is their uh, tractor-trailer kind of, kind of arrangement, which uh, that's all looking good right now. I'm not a big fan of the Cybertruck, but uh, I have a feeling that is going to be an iconic love-it-or-hate-it vehicle. Uh, what else do we got? We have Ford has... Uh, there's some cars that Ford came out with, like the C-Max, which didn't sell a lot, although the people that I know that had them loved them. Um, but they are now coming out with this model year, the Ford Mustang Mach-E, which... I'll be honest, is a pretty hot-looking vehicle. It, it, it's got some great specifications. It looks real good. I saw it at the Toronto Auto Show, and that is a nice-looking car, well-presented. Man, the presentation at the Auto Show was stellar. Like, they, they had almost CGI moving things going on, so it was as if this car that was on the stage was actually driving down the road. The guy who was doing the talking wasn't so good at it. He tried it, but he tried hard, but uh, he didn't quite have the 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 demeanor. No, that's not right. The can cadence or something, right? I don't know. Um, what else do we have? Chevrolet makes the Bolt EV, which is what I drive. Um, love that car to death. It's a little quirky looking, but it functions and performs excellently it was um gm's first real crack at a purpose-built electric car since the ev1 um they did do like the the spark electric but that was a conversion uh kind of concept so it's a great electric car the bolt i think probably an underrated car it's got good range, great performance, great handling. Does it have some rough edges? Sure. I think GM has learned a lot. Um, and they, you will see in the upcoming Bolt Refresh some of that uh, stuff. The biggest problem with the, uh, the Bolt is it is an unsexy car. I mean, it is unsexy. It does not look pretty. I like it. I like the quirkiness of it. I love the feel inside. But... Compared to a Model 3, nah, not sexy. I think they should have went full crossover on it when they when they built it out. Smallish crossover, but much more like a real crossover. Put the motors down in the wheels, wheel well, sorry, the wheel areas, and had a frunk uh, rather than a snub-nosed job. Uh, what else do we have in the in the common segment? This is a problem we have in North America. The if you were in Europe, there are tons more vehicles to choose from, and we'll get there. Before I get too far, I just uh, just reviewed my segment, my last segment, and realized I forgot the Model Y. <laughs> the Tesla Model Y is uh, is essentially what the Model Three is to the Model S, the Model Y is to the Model X. So it's a more mass production, smaller, tighter, uh, less expensive version of the Model X. By all accounts, excellent looking vehicle. 
a huge interest in it. And it's started to roll off the assembly lines and get into people's hands in the U.S. I know my Facebook and all that, it's, it's pictures of people standing behind, beside Model Ys all over the place. Um, that is going to be, I think, a great seller for Tesla and a model for the future, especially in the U.S., where they prefer SUVs and trucks um, and crossovers. And I would classify the Model X as more of a crossover. Um, the What I was saying is, yeah, in Europe, there are tons of different brands that we just do not get here in North America, which is unfortunate. Uh, but so... In the North American market, okay, yeah, there was the Ford, the the GM, the Nissan has something. Kia and Hyundai um, both apparently, or both have some excellent electric vehicles. You've got um, the Kona, the electric Kona you've, from Hyundai. You've got the, oh, what do they call that thing? Uh, the sedan uh, from from Hyundai Ionic, uh, that's all Ionic electric. That's apparently an excellent vehicle. Doesn't have quite the range that uh, the Kona the uh, Kona does, um, and it was an interesting vehicle in that it was built to be a regular car, a hybrid car, a fuel cell car, and an electric car. So it's got a lot of variations behind it. The similarly the Kona. Um, they're they Hyundai Kia have been designing vehicles that are not compliance cars per se, they are purpose designed vehicles that can be both combustion or electric out of the gate. Like they designed them to be able to be both. There's some compromises there in that they're not quite fish or fowl, right? Um. The Hyundai Group has the E Nero and the Electric Soul. Uh, both all all those vehicles are apparently excellent. Um, I've test driven a Tacona, and I've seen them all up close and personal. And they're excellent vehicles. Their owners love them. Their performance is excellent their where their longevity looks to be good their battery performance is great um, where they're running into trouble is shortages they're not producing them in enough numbers now apparently that has a lot to do with the battery suppliers that they have and tesla seemed to have learned early on they need purpose relationships with battery suppliers in order to ensure that they get the batteries they need where all the other manufacturers basically said, uh, we need cells who can send them to us. And that turned almost like a mafia market for battery cells out there. So they charge too much for the cells. They don't produce enough. And they basically keep stringing along the, the other manufacturers. GM is solving that with uh, LG Chem. Uh, they're building a purpose-built battery plant for their batteries, I think, somewhere in Michigan. Um, and that's a few billion dollar plant. And they've also designed their own specific uh, battery designs with LG Chem. And that that is a GM exclusive design, which GM claims rivals Tesla's. 
it'll we'll wait to see. Uh, but the more important aspect there is that GM has a battery factory being built. I think they're converting one of the ones that they closed um, to build batteries just for GM. So they can scale up their production of batteries uh, and not be held hostage by the battery manufacturer. So that, that is a good thing. Uh, Volkswagen also um, is doing this. They're in the short term, they've purchased binding contracts of batteries from multiple suppliers um, so that they can't, you know, their one supplier can't hold them hostage. They, they literally went to market and bought billions of dollars worth of battery contracts from multiple suppliers while they're building their own uh, battery plants in Germany and China or South Korea, I think, um, to, to build their own batteries that they can control. Um, I, th I think they're working with a couple different manufacturers, but again, purpose-built batteries that are only made for the Volkswagen group. Uh, Volkswagen cars, they were an early uh, electric car company similar to Nissan, not so much in North America. In North America, we had the electric, the e-Golf, e um, which was a good little car, didn't go all that far, 150 kilometers or so maybe as much as 180, 190 kilometers in the later versions. Um, and they had the E-Up in Europe, and I think they had another vehicle in Europe. I think the E-Up is still going on in Europe. Uh, so Volkswagen has had their hands in electrics for quite some time and doing it in a mass production scale. Um, they're just not, not Tesla. Now, with Dieselgate, Volkswagen is attempting to redeem itself by going all in electric. And some people will say, oh, you know, how can we trust Volkswagen after the Dieselgate thing? How can we really trust them? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm not saying you should trust Volkswagen, but this is what you can trust. Any company that spends yeah, so far about 30 billion with a B billion dollars in converting factories to electric production in, in building battery plants, in buying electric battery contracts, in designing battery electric platforms, in marketing, in so on, and apparently another 20, 25 billion more to go. Um, that is what you can take seriously. No company, no company on the planet, even one with as deep a pockets as Volkswagen, spends billions and billions and not much less tens of billions of dollars designing a product that they don't want to sell. I think Volkswagen, A, wants to redeem themselves uh, in the eyes of the market. I think think everybody who was involved in Dieselgate got fired um, and the new people know they have to rebuild the brand but I think they also see the writing on the wall the electric cars are the future they're not going anywhere 
fundamentally, they're better vehicles. Um, if you want to take the environmental side out of it, fine. But they're better cars. They are just better cars. The minor disadvantages with the fueling um, will be alleviated in time. They're already much better than they were in the beginning. But they're just fundamentally better vehicles. And they can be made more cheaply once you get uh, scale at it. And this is where Volkswagen may be making a big splash. Um, one of the reasons, it's a chicken and egg thing. The most automakers say they don't produce enough electric cars to get the scale to be able to bring down the price. And the buyers say, I'd love to buy an electric car, but I can't afford to buy one at that price. So it's a chicken and egg uh, situation. The manufacturers, to get more sales, need to get the price down. To sell more cars, they have to get the price down. <laughs> but they want to sell more cars in order to get the volume to bring the price down. So what Volkswagen has done is essentially they said, we are going to produce electric cars at a volume that allows them to sell them at prices comparable to their existing internal combustion cars. And they're hoping people will buy them. I have a feeling that there is a huge pent-up demand for electric cars from people that just can't stomach paying the extra money. And in some jurisdictions, many jurisdictions, where the incentives are for electric cars, um, that will have the effect of making the electric car actually cheaper than the gas car. So they should sell like hotcakes or pancakes, depending on what country you're in. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if that happens and if Volkswagen produces in the volume that they say they're gonna, they have committed one of their uh, bigger plants to entirely electric. It's not, um, like GM where every fourth car out of the, the Orion Michigan plant is a bolt. No, it's every car that rolls out of this uh, factory is electric and they've started converting another factory. So they're serious. They are very serious. What else do we got? Um, the Chrysler group has the minivan that's electric, but I don't know if it's electric or if it's hybrid. But th that's an interesting one. The, the FCA group has the, you know, 500E, which is a compliance car. If I've left out some cars, it's mostly because they're compliance cars. They're converted electrics, which I put in another category uh, from purpose-built electrics. And uh, they under Fiat under Marcioni did not want to do electrics. They did some... Uh, compliance electrics, the Mini E, sorry, the 500E, and Marcioni famously said, please don't buy it because we lose money on every one. Oh, God. Uh, to their, to FCA's behind the eight ball. A lot of their products are junk. Um, 
some of their brands are among the most problematic uh, in terms of breakdowns and, and all that kind of thing. They pretty much have ignored the electric car market entirely. Um, they didn't want to go there at all, and they've got no technology. So they're behind the eight ball. This has led to them being vulnerable to a takeover, which is being called a merger with PSA Group. Uh, I think Renault bounced it around a bit with them, but PSA pulled the trigger on it and is merging with uh, FCA. Make no mistake, this is FCA or PSA taking over FCA, not the other way around. Uh, PSA is on the rise. That's Peugeot uh, Group. They uh, do Peugeot, uh, Citroën, uh, Opel, Vauxhall, and DS Auto, I think is, is their brands. And they make some of the better selling, really good electric cars in Europe. The, the Under the Vauxhall and Opel and Peugeot brands, they make some excellent uh, electric cars that are starting to sell very well in Europe that are getting rave reviews and super, super, super popular with the fans. The, I think the E208 is one of their electric cars and it's the Vauxhall Courser and it, it does the 250 mile, 380, 400 kilometer range uh, car. It performs really nice. It's, it's hot off of the mark. It uh, handles nicely. It's a popular shape for that region. Um, its underpinnings look rock solid, and they're producing them at reasonable volumes. Um, so you're talking an excellent electric car and an electric car technology. Peugeot, PSA Group has been focusing on electric car technology. They have been um, letting their ice side, not, I don't want to say languish, but... A lot of car makers didn't go the step that Volvo did, which is to say they made their last new uh, gas engine design. But I think most of the automakers have stopped trying to innovate in gas and diesel engines. They are maybe refining their engines a little bit, but they're not. I don't think they're making any new ones anymore. They just aren't. Um, there hasn't been a lot of new developments in electric in gas engines for some time it's a lot of tweaking around the edges but that technology pretty much maxed out and it's not getting any better um so they've been starting they see the writing on the wall they're starting to move their r d departments over to electrics and psa did that early on and they've uh produced some excellent electric vehicles so expect a segment in the future uh, when we know a bit more about that merger with FCA, uh, how that is going to affect FCA's product lines. Um, I think the Fiat merger was good for um, FCA in certain ways, like their their cargo vans now are, are basically Fiat vans, um, and they seem to have revived the market uh, share uh, for FCA and cargo vans. They're a good design. They're, they seem to go well, but uh, we need to start seeing some electrics come out of FCA. 
and to be honest, FCA's sedan crossover, um, you know, light SUV side is crap. Um, their Volk, their sorry, their Jeep brand is about the best in terms of popularity. Uh, their Ram trucks do well, but the Dodge, other than the 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 sports cars, net net, uh, the minivans languish. Uh, they don't have any real small cars anymore. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, a, it's not doing well. So I have high hopes for what's coming out of FCA and the PSA merger. What else do we have for electric cars coming up? We have, let's see. Renault in the in in Europe is big. They sell the Renault Zoe, um, which is an amazing electric car. It's just a little hatchback, but it is apparently super popular, and they love it. Um, the smart cars, uh, there's they're, they've gone all electric in Europe, and they're leaving the North American market, which is unfortunate. Uh, what else do we have? There's brands there like Seat and Skoda and uh, a lot of brands we've never heard of here that uh, all make electric cars. Uh, many of them are owned by Volkswagen Group uh, or PSA uh, Group. So it kind of makes a lot of sense. Volvo, which we have here in North America, uh, makes a couple of good electric cars. The Polestar uh, electric car is, is a stellar vehicle. If you got the scratch for that, um, the Porsche Taycan uh, is a is a Porsche, but it's electric. Um, you'll get some Tesla fanboys saying, "Yeah, but it's not as good." Whatever, it is a Porsche. People that like Porsches will buy the Taycan, and they'll love it. Um, the Audi makes the e-tron, which is an excellent uh, electric vehicle that tows. You can tow a lot with that vehicle. You can with the Model X as well. Um, the Mercedes makes the EQC, which is a luxury electric car, suffers a little bit on volume, like they, they have a backlog of people wanting them, uh, so they have to work on, on their production. What else? The Honda is coming out with their Honda City car, uh, Honda E, I think it's called. But um, it's a quirky, quirky looking thing. It's a, not a particularly long range vehicle. It's meant for a city car, and probably won't come to the North American market, even though it uh, it ha it harkens back to some of the original Civics. Um, got the round lights, and it's a really cute car. Um, and will probably do very well in Europe, but I think could do very well in North America in a segment of the population. Um, GM. Uh, sorry, not, I'll say that for another show. I was about to say where they're going to go with the, some other electric cars, but um, they have a lot of product coming out. What else do we have? Jaguar makes the I-Pace. That is a sexy electric car, and it can go off-road. It sucks up juice like crazy, but uh, it is a very, very nice electric car. A lot of people love that thing, and this has been selling very well for a Jaguar. Um, like, Jaguars don't sell in high volumes, never have, never will. 
the BMW, it's a, it's a luxury car, right? The BMW i3 and the i8. Um, the i3, though, I'll focus on. The i8 is a supercar, um, and it is a hybrid, I believe. Um, not, not a common person's car, and there's not many of them out there, but the i3 sells really well, and it sells around the world. Not so much in North America, but it sells here. Uh, but in other parts of the world, South America, the islands, Europe, Asia, they sell a lot of i3s. So that is a good electric car. Um, there is a lot. Oh, the Mitsubishi iMeve. That was an interesting car. I don't think they make it anymore. But um, it was a cute little electric car. A tiny little thing. Um, in Europe, very, a lot of people use that thing. Uh, the, I think it was Renault Twizy, which is an interesting little electric car. It's, I think, a one-seater, doesn't really have doors or windows, and it's an interesting thing. Look it up. Uh, what else we got? Okay, let's talk about, that's most of them. I'm sure I missed some, uh, but this is sort of a general overview of the market, and... Uh, give you an idea that there is a lot of product out there and there's a ton of product coming in. So I think for the next episode, we're going to talk about the Volkswagen group and what, where they've been, what they've got coming down the pipe. And uh, I think where it's going to go. This is a bit long. I ran, I rambled on a little bit. Uh, so I hope you uh, don't penalize me for that. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I thank you for listening. Please share uh, this uh, podcast to your friends and people that you know that are interested in electric cars. Um, I think it'll be interesting to a lot of people over time. The Especially when you're talking about, uh, you're driving an electric car, people come up to you and say, what's the deal with electric cars? Point them at the podcast. Those first uh, four or five episodes will go a long way to helping them understand uh, electric cars. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. See you in a week.